0: American football in Finland The voice in your ears is Perfect Purvis, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's going on, Purv? You know, just another week getting ready for this first one. The AFF podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Seriously, American Football in Finland is currently available on more than 25 different platforms. Wherever you listen. Be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars would tell us that you are a hater. Okay, so it's first down. When we get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds, Coach Q, what's something you want to talk about today, man? I'm tired of USFL. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was I was drinking coffee, no, guys. No, I, 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 did, I almost <laughs> spit my coffee out. <laughs> I just want to
1: watch I just want to watch the ELF. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if it's because I just know more people that's playing in that league, but it's just watching the USFL. I just feel like football wise, it's good. I don't want to take anything away football wise, but I just don't think it got promoted the way it needs to. Yeah, seeing some big names out there too. But then I look in the, in the crowd and it's just like it's like watching the University of Tulsa spring games, like not many people there, and I just I don't know. It just it just irked me just to watch the game this weekend. So, ELF, can we hurry up and start, please?
0: Man, I hadn't even thought about that. I guess with the USFL, it's like kind of like a semi-pro league, but on the national level. And You're like, well, we expected them to, you know, rise to the occasion now that they're, yeah. you know, on TV and stuff. But they did Still looks like semi-pro. Like, yeah, they're paid, paid a little bit better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just like a league-based, you know. Maybe they rushed a little bit. It could just be me, but I wanted to see more.
0: Something I want to talk about. I mean, you brought up USFL, ELF, international football this year, man. I think mm. if, as we're recording this, I don't know if it's – yeah, it should be public by now, but, you know, Schwabish Hall smacked another Nordic team of 50-something of seven. They beat Orbro Black Knights this uh, this past weekend. Just in my understanding and my thinking, like the way that international football is going right now, you got ELF, GFL, and everybody else. I still think the Maple League is one of the most competitive leagues. And I think once you like look at how things are done in the league, it's going to be much better than the showing that the Roosters had against the Unicorns. But internationally, you, I like Sweden's league too. I think those four teams are very good and comparative to each other. But once you get out of those couple of leagues, Poland isn't what it used to be. France don't get time of day from me straight up. Like they get no respect from me for what they doing out there. So if you hear me and you and France, I mean, prove me wrong. But Italy is a, a dope setup because they have so many teams. I think they have nine teams. They have like eight or nine teams. So they get a lot of games. You get a lot of different games. You have top and bottom, the middle Of the league is pretty competitive, but you know, they don't allow nearly as many imports as other leagues. So the quality of football that you're watching is mm, a couple good Americans, and then it's okay. You watch, you know, Maple League, ELF, GFL one, GFL two is okay, but when you watch those leagues, you're gonna see a lot of talent going against each other. Coaching is is a little bit better as well. You can look at the schemes and tell uh, players are a little bit more developed. So it's, it's more fun. And like you said, comparative to the USFL, a lot of these guys have been around or have played here and there. If you look at the Swedish League, half of those players come from the Finnish League. Or you got people like Alpha Jallo playing in Vasa and in Stockholm to make it work. So it gives you those storylines. I think international football right now, we're at a a deficit. Nobody's really streaming. AFI has started streaming some games on the weekends, but not to the extent that they were last year. Again, if you're listening and you're a fan and you want to watch football and you have not ever paid to watch any football, you're probably part of the problem because that's what AFI issue was, was that they were streaming for free and they're just losing money. I'm not trying to pocket watch nobody. But me, I don't have a problem paying 15 bucks a month to uh, watch 20 games in a month. You know, that's not a problem for me. Again, I don't know, you know, I ain't trying to tell nobody what to do with your funds. But if you can't pay three bucks to watch a game, you're not helping the sport, a sport that needs to help. That's just where I'm at. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with my uh, thought process. (laughs) But my thought process, I feel like three or four years ago before the pandemic, international football was growing. At a rapid rate, the CFL was looking ooh scrumptious and Mm -hmm. now the ELF is here. And I mean, it's okay; Uh, It's a great league, but it doesn't do for Europe what you would want, if that makes sense. It's great for the ELF. No disrespect to the league or anybody involved with it. But that doesn't help everyone else. And, you know, I'm kind of more involved with everyone else personally. So I do feel that something's got to give. I feel like this year, next year, I don't know. Something's got to happen. But congratulations to all the guys who are playing in the CFL and international pathway players and all that stuff, because that's always great. But out here, you know, would be nice to, you know, get some of that residual support back from people that have been around for so long. All right, I'm rambling. So let's get into the show. The Maple League season kicks off this upcoming weekend with the Helsinki Roosters hosting the Quopio Steelers in a rematch of last year's Maple Bowl. Today, we want to preview this game and give our analysis on these two Maple Bowl contenders. Let's start with the home team, the Helsinki Roosters. First thing I want to talk about is players to watch. Name a couple guys that you think are worth watching on the Rooster side of this thing today, Q.
1: Uh, we got the new quarterback, Bryce Stancombe. We all know his history from the last episode that we talked about him. Played a lot of years in college, first season abroad. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the Maple League. It'll be interesting to see what he brings to the Roosters' offense. Um, you don't want to be the quarterback that doesn't take the Roosters' offense to where it needs to be. We've seen that different quarterbacks have success in the offense. So Bryce, the pressure is probably a little bit on him to continue that culture and continue that dominance that they have when, they, when they're running the offense the right way. They have the running backs. They have the receivers. He has all the weapons that he needs on offense. The O-line might be a little questionable this season, but as a leader, as a quarterback, I think you kind of find a way to work with the guys and let them know, like, hey, this is what I like to do. And, you know, they'll, they'll get some chemistry. Um, they had a first big game against Scorpio, so – they have to come up with something real quick. One thing that they do have on everybody else is that they've already played the game. The game didn't go necessarily the way they probably would want it to, but it was more of a learning, probably assessing players, things like that, seeing what they can and can't do, what they have success doing. And yeah, it'll be pretty much on Bryce.
0: On the optimistic side, you can always say, you know, you have wins and lessons, and the Roosters have already learned a lesson before the season started, so that's great for them. Obviously, Bryce is going to be one of the guys you have to look out for. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays in the Maple League. Again, like you said, that first game, not really a great measuring stick for how things are going to go in the Maple League, but it'll be interesting to see. Someone that I have my eye on, and I don't know how much I've harped on this, but (laughs) I will harp on this all season. Uh, Santu Vekamaki, the long receiver, the young gun. I think that this is a guy that he's either going to be wearing number six or number 16. I'm not sure, guys, which jersey number he's going to be wearing, but something with a six in it, I think. I forget what his number actually is. But he'll be that tall outside receiver making plays that look ridiculous because this kid, he has everything it, it takes to be a D1 athlete. I think he's only like 19, maybe 20 years old now something like that. He might actually not even finish the season with this team. He might end up going to a camp or something this summer. Who knows? But if he is here in the Maple League, he could be what Bryce Stancombe needs, if that makes any sense. Santu Vekamaki can give Stancomb that security blanket that he's going to need at times. This offense is going to go through some growing pains this year, a lot of changes, a lot of different parts, a lot of different dynamics to what it's it's accustomed to being new new offensive coordinator, so new play calling. But Santu Vekamaki is gonna be that guy that you can pretty much always rely on. I'm curious to see how they get him the ball because he's considered more of a, you know, downfield guy or possession receiver. But I think he's one of those guys that you can also, you know, put in your screen game. You can get him the ball on shallows, you can create ways to get him the ball, and he's still gonna be able to make plays with the ball after the catch something that's underrated in his game is you know yards after catch I feel like he's not utilized enough but I think Daniel Stanzel is going to do a great job feeding this guy and if you don't know you will know by the end of the season who Santu Vekamaki is that's my piece. Mm-hmm. I would rather
1: harp on him a little more to um Santu. Yeah. Seeing him grow up, uh, you know, we've been around feelings for some years. So seeing him grow up, we've seen him grow. Um, not just as not just physically, but just football wise. I mean, he's a big kid. I don't even know if he's done growing yet. He might still be growing, but he's a big play receiver. If they can have him all season without him going to college or something, then he could be big for Stancomb. And anywhere in the red zone, I think you go to him. Slant fades. I think that's, I mean, I'm gonna say 90% ball. He's gonna catch that if you go anywhere. And I don't care who's on him, <laughs> uh, Americans, guarding anything. I just think he'll win over most DBs. So he could be something majorly big for Bryce and that Rooster's offense.
0: Okay, Chris, who's somebody on the Rooster's that you want to, you know, people to
2: watch out for? And um, somebody go with defensive back Emery Polly, who's fresh out of the GFL, played for the Cologne Crocodiles, Ball Hawk, one to watch. Can play the ball in the air, real athlete, solid athlete. I think he's going to be a playmaker in that league. And, you know, when you've got passing quarterbacks, he's one to look out for, definitely. And I think he's one of those guys that can come and play in the box, play strong, up tackle. Didn't see much of him when they played Swedish Hall the other week. But I think in the Maple League, he's probably going to be one of those guys that's that we're looking at at the end of the season in the high kind of like four or five picks maybe.
0: I like the fact that they went and got imports on the DB side because yep. Roosters have been known to have one of the best defensive secondaries finish talent-wise in, in recent seasons, and most of those guys are now
2: gone. The types of like Alexei Olin, not there anymore. Those stalwart finished corners that they've had for a long time. Gone out and got two Americans as well to help them with that defensive backfield.
0: So let's talk about some of the strengths for the Roosters. Uh, this team, Q. What are one or two things that you think is going to be the strengths for them going into this game?
1: Home field advantage, the Velodrome. The Roosters are probably one of the most teams that play on it the most. They've had the most success on it. It's a different dynamic when you're used to playing on turf, when you used to playing on grass, and then going to a velodrome. You actually have to teach yourself how to run on it, plan on it, cut on it. And you have to learn all of that before the game starts. And uh, being that I've played on it, you've played on it, Chris played on it, it's different. Picking your legs up higher than you normally would, planning certain ways, you know, whether it's wet, slick, that has a lot to do with the, the other teams, offense and defense. Um you can't break down and make tackles the way that you normally would and grass, you know, where you're planning and it gives some um, the velodrome is gonna give you anything.
0: It separates the average and the great athletes, in my opinion. All those bums out there that you know, take shortcuts when they're making physical movements, that stuff don't work on the velodrome. You will die. That'll be the end of your your knees if you do something <laughs> that you're not supposed to do. It's like when you change direction, you can't just, you know, okay, I'm just going to change direction. My body going to just do it. No, you got to get your, your center of gravity down. Make sure your hips are square, change direction, and then go. You can't just do it all at once like it's natural because what will happen is your knee will still be out there when you keep going. And that'll be that. And also
2: something that people take for granted is having the right footwear on that surface. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to use your usual cleat probably. So you've got to invest in a different type of cleat and that changes the whole game up completely as well. So making sure you've got the right footwear, something as simple as that actually makes a big difference on that surface.
0: If you're not from here and you have to play on that and you're not on the Roosters or the Wolverines this year, I guess, because they're playing there too, man, you got to invest in those shoes. (laughs) <laughs> so all you imports from <laughs> Quopio, whatever money you making, put a little bit to the side so you can get these shoes for this game. But what about you, Chris? What is something that you think is a strength for the Roosters going into this game?
2: We touched on it before in one of the other episodes, but the strength of their coaching staff, a uh, Hakala and their coaching staff, they've just got a great setup there. They've always had a history of good coaches. When has not been there, you know, they had the likes of Coach Q there. They had other American coaches. They've got a really good setup. Their practices are run well. They manage the game well from the sideline. They have positional coaches, which not a lot of teams have, which is something to help with rotations because it's always difficult rotating your players in when they need a rest. So simple things like that, they help them. So having the right mindset as well. For instance, as a head coach, knowing when to go for it on fourth down, knowing when for it to go for two or go for one. Simple things like that, which you take for granted, But actually, it's a major strength for the Roosters. I think
0: a strength for this team that will be under, I don't want to say undervalued, and I don't want to say underrated, is I feel like people won't notice it. But their offensive scheme, they have a new offensive coordinator this year, but their offense hasn't changed. You know what you're going to get from the Roosters' offense. And that's going to help them because they have a lot of younger players stepping up into starting roles. And in this game, especially this first game, when you kind of – you don't know what you're going to get from the players per se, at least this coaching staff and this offense know how they're going to do things. They know what they want to accomplish. They know the identity of their offense. I don't know it, obviously, because I'm not on the team. But (laughs) we've all seen the Roosters' offense – I mean, even when you were there, it ran like a fine – Well, machine. The offense has never really changed. The players have constantly been changing over the years, but this Roosters offense, it's a hybrid spread offense concept. You know, they have air raid concepts. They have RPO concepts. I'm not going to say I know exactly what their playbook is because I don't. But when you look at it, it doesn't change much. You're not going to see a ton of formation shifts. You're not going to see a lot of jet sweeps, but you might see a jet sweep every now and again. And They have play-action game that's very strong once they get their running game going. These are things that you can rely on. Now, obviously, calling the plays and getting in the right situations and having the right matchups is going to make a difference, but those are things that they can nitpick during the game and adjust but the actual offensive scheme is set in stone. They didn't have to change it. They can work on personnel now. That's going to be an advantage going into this game where I feel like on the other side, defensively, they are going to have to adjust more to this uh, Roosters offense than what they want to because of the different personnel in the scheme. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Let's talk about weaknesses for the Roosters, though. Q, what are some things that you think are going to be reason they might lose this game?
1: Inexperience on defense. We are seeing a lot of n- new names, a lot of players that are just playing with each other in port and just younger guys that are starting to play. They're starting their season off against the champions. What that means is the champions usually come into that first game aggressive. They usually come in excited and, and not saying the Roosters won't, um, but a guy like Reason over having to deal with somebody like the first game can tell you a lot about your defense, it can break a lot of confidence too, if he has success early. Young guys that aren't used to being in brutal physical games kind of tends to kill their confidence a little bit um at the beginning. It's different than playing a team that's not so strong the first game. You kind of just can will your way to win or you make a few plays here and there. But you know, a guy like Reason over he's gonna try to score every time he gets the ball. And that means that he's probably going to try to run a few people over. He's going to walk off on a few people. They just, the guys, whatever happens, they have to keep their confidence up. So when you have any experience on defense, you have to make up for it in some kind of way. And that comes with coaching and that's making adjustments also. They have to be able to put the players in, in positions to make plays without them having to go out of their norm to try to do these crazy things, to do stuff for a team. So I think it's partially just, defense will have a lot to prove this game they have something to show we all know the offense is going to click um but what is the defense going to do and you want to be a championship team the defense has to be superb so i think the inexperience is is definitely one of the top weaknesses right now
0: just noticed that when we named players to watch we didn't name anybody on defense outside of the import player just saying looked at their roster before we recorded this and on the defensive side i was just oh wow who are these kids? Who are these kids? Yeah, I said it, kids. It's kids, A exactly, lot of kids. young players on defense, guys who three or four years ago were showing up to just be on the roster. Uh, what about you, Chris? What is something you think is going to be a weakness for them in this game?
2: I'm going to say offensive line play. Times of the past, the Roosters, I think they've pretty much always got an import center. Back in the days, they signed Ben, the UK guy. I can't remember his surname, but Ben. Last year they had Daultrey, who's not there yeah. this year. He's playing in the GFL, I think. Okay. Yeah, Ben was there when Q was coach, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was Ben Watkins. Uh, no, I, had, I think
1: we still had Miko. We still had Miko at that was time. it Miko? Mm. Yeah, we still had Miko.
2: Okay, it might have been the year before. Year before. Year before. So Bryce Stancombe was under a lot of pressure in that unicorns game. He was running for his life. Whether they were missing guys or that is what they got to run with this season, the coaches have either got to sort out basic technique or scheme. It's one of those two things that's not working for them. And that could potentially be the risk. The Steelers have got a scary front seven and they've made it even stronger this season. So that offensive line is, is going to have a lot to deal with in game one. So they need to sort out where these issues are, where the pressure is going to come from and how they can scheme against it if technique isn't there. You know, they've got a scheme some way, whether that's the QB getting the ball out quick so the offensive line can't protect him f- for long enough. Or they need to change up their double teams, maybe helping out with the back, chip in, maybe keeping a tight end in, doing something that's going to help that offensive line because what I saw against the unicorns, they need help. Again, I'm just going to add on what you said. I knew there was a problem when I seen Camille
0: Gruel wearing number 60 playing left guard. (laughs) Cam, that's my guy. You know, Enchante (laughs) Cafe, get your coffee, fellas. But there's no way... I'm trying not to be too, you know, over excited, but there's no way in hell this guy should be playing left guard on any team in Finland. First of all, (laughs) he's the best defensive end they have. So that's a waste of a talent. And second of all, like Chris just said, technique wise, he's not sound. He doesn't move like a a guard or a center or offensive lineman at all. And not to get too much into it, the Schwabers Hall game, it showed up front that that offensive line they're not ready for the type of things that they're probably going to see this week when they play against the Steelers. Now there's some other teams they might be able to get away with, but like you said, Stan running for his life. The running game was, uh, again, I'm <laughs> trying not to put too much on the Schwabers Hall game because I was there. Those defensive linemen from Schwabers Hall, and I'm not talking about defensive ends. I'm talking about the tackle and the nose, the guys up yep. front, where you have your center and your two guards. Those guys were in the backfield. They were smacking the running back as soon as he got the handoff. Well, at least Rice this. was, like, we, you know, avoiding, he was able to see them. The running back was getting the ball and being tattooed at the same time because the defensive tackle slid through the A-gap. The A-gap. He's supposed to be yeah, double
1: teamed.
0: Yeah. The A-gap. But, he just slid but through. But you
1: got to show this purpose. You got to show this purpose. Go ahead. We're not going to see – we're not going to see any front seven like Chevy Shaw front no, seven. No, we're not. You're right. You're right you're, <laughs>
0: no. right. you're not And you know what? To be totally honest, even in this matchup, let's talk about this game specifically. If Yanni Lindquist is playing tight end and not playing on the D line, I feel like they'll give him a little bit of slack. But um, Akeem, I can't remember his last name, but he's still a monster the dream, up front. The dream. His last yeah. name is the yeah. dream. He's still going to be able to do some stuff. And they have a, a good front seven, like what Chris said. But the weakness is the fact that this rooster's line is not anywhere near what it needs to be for this game. Again, like you said, they're not going to play a Schwabers Hall team. I'll put this out there. Schwabers Hall would have. Beat the brakes off of the Steelers too. Sorry, Steelers. That's just what it would have been. Yeah. But still, the Steelers ain't no slouch up front. I think it's gonna show, and this is one of those games where, like you said, the offensive line, they gotta find ways to do things. I think that it's a weakness. I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh maybe I'll talk more about how they can overcome the weakness later. But yeah, the offensive line is definitely a weakness. I won't even add on. <laughs> Talking about keys to success, what can the Roosters do in this game against the Steelers to come away with this win? Let's put it out there. They're the underdogs in this game. They're not the returning champions. The Steelers are. But they are the home team. What are some things they can do to win this game, Q? Um,
1: I think they have to grab the momentum first, whether that's by going on the first drive, getting an interception, a turnover on the first drive. I have to get that crowd into it. It's going to be a lot of uh, Roosters fans there. They're going to be excited for the season to start. They're going to be excited to see what this new team has to offer. They have to come out in this game and be assertive. They have to dominate offensively, defensive special teams in order to get this win. It can't be a sloppy game to the point where, you know, you're scoring and then the next drive, Corpio scores on, on the first play or the second play. They're going to they get a lot of big plays, so you're going back and forth. That's one thing you don't want to do with this Corpio team because at some point they're going to control the clock um are they going to control the possession they can score fast but if they don't need to they can just run the ball so i think the roosters have to come out maybe score first maybe get up a touchdown or two if they can and they'll have a, and they'll have a chance to win um but if they make it a close game whew, it's gonna be a crucial one but i still think they have the ability to come out and score quick and score fast because they're still the roosters they still have dynamic players they still have names. Um, that we haven't said yet that can make big plays. So I think, first of all, they just have to grab the momentum and go from there.
0: Home well, games, that's when you have the best chance to actually do that. What about you, Chris? What do you think? So ways they can win this game, keys
2: to success. I'm going to say, give him Bryce Stancombe time in the pocket. As we saw, and Nor- all we've already talked about, is he was running for his life in the last game. So can they figure out how to give him time in the pocket? Or if it's just quick, one-step reads to get the ball out of his hands quick. They need to give him time back there because we didn't really see what he could do against Unicorns because he had guys in his face. We know he's a good athlete. We know he's a good thrower. Jeez, I mean, he played, what, seven years in college? so he's Professional be
0: college easy. athlete.
2: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So he is that guy, and he's got guys to throw with. Okay, yes, Faye Kamaki, there's all this hype around him. He's not proven, but we all know what he's going to do. We know he's hmm. going to be a baller. He's got that potential. He's got a high ceiling. But for him to be able to be that playmaker, at first, it starts at the line. they got to give Stan time. If they don't give Stan time, it don't matter who you got out there at receiver because they're not going to get the ball in their hands.
0: I think I'm just going to double harp on this old line stuff. I, hey, guys, Roosters, show me something. You know, if y'all start, you know, in this first game, if y'all get some pancakes, you know, send that to me because I mm. want need some proof because I we just don't believe in this old line. Am I right by saying that or am I... Going too hey, far. Hey, no,
2: you're right. You're right. You're right. Send don't, don't burn line Maybe it's the fuel they need. Maybe it's the kick up the backside and they need.
0: We we love to be the catalyst here on AFL, You know, <laughs> if, if this can motivate you guys to play better or even get better players, I hey, do it. Um, we don't believe in this old line for the Roosters, but the way that we play in in Finland and with the Maple League, especially, one thing that this team can do is make big plays. When I say that, football is a a very tricky game. You know, you can be in a game that you're not supposed to be in. On paper, they don't match up well against the Steelers. It doesn't look like they're the the better team or that they have any advantage specifically that'll, you know, make this a game they can win. But you have to play the game on the field. If they make the big plays, if Bryce Stancomb can do something out the ordinary, he can make a play, extend a play with his feet long enough to get it downfield to somebody like Santu Vekimaki in a situation that we didn't expect. You know, maybe he's running around like a chick with his head cut off, but he doesn't get sacked, and Vekimaki gets open somehow. And that changes, you know, the momentum in the game. They come out on defense, create a turnover. Boom, they're up by two scores. Like Q said, now they're the leading team. You're looking at the Steelers who have to now come from behind instead of using their basic RPO, where run is the, the main threat, now
2: you're not as scared to run because you're ahead by a touchdown or two. Yeah. Big it's players. momentum as well, isn't it? It's momentum. Momentum's such a big thing in football. Yeah. You get a big score, you get a big play, that momentum suddenly with you, even if you're down by a score or two. It's all about momentum and, like, maybe scoring before the half, mm-hmm. like trying to keep as much as you can. It's going to help you win the game. Because you're going to be up. The body language is going to be up. Everyone's going to want to be playing at a higher level. I think I said, like, big play, and I
0: immediately went to offense. But for this team, a defensive big play is actually going to be the cattle. Stopping the Steelers' offense from scoring, creating a turnover with that defense full of young, unproven players. That's going to change everybody's mindset. If this defense can, you know, stop the reigning champions, create a turnover, and put their – offense in a position to score everybody's minds are blown I don't care which team you're on or who you're rooting for everybody's like hold on that's not supposed to happen and that's all they need all they need is that like you said Chris that momentum changer and they're in this thing and that levels the playing field no matter what you think about who's better or what the paper says or what we see on the field if you make enough big plays that's how you say in a fight. Think about Rocky Balboa, the Rocky movies. Rocky was, he was trash. He was a, he was a trash <laughs> boxer. But the dude could just stay in that thing. And he made the big plays. He threw the right punches at the right time. He wasn't no Floyd Mayweather. He wasn't skillfully beating people. He was in there getting his eye beaten in, but going all 12 rounds and finishing with a knockout. You know, that's what the Roosters have to do. Stay in the game. And make as many big plays as possible. And when it comes down that fourth quarter, if you got a shot, take it. Take your shot. Are you looking for quality football apparel and accessories at an affordable price? Rayer Athletics is made for players by players. Head over to rare.se and get your drip today. That's R-E-Y-R-R dot S-E. And use code AFF twenty to receive 20% off all red brand products. Stay sharp. In other news, there is plenty of football going on in the world right now. So I'm here to inform you on some of the games going on outside of the Maple League this weekend. The Women's Maple League kicks off this weekend. on Saturday, May 14th, the Tampa Saints are going to host the Loyal Lionesses in the Women's Maple League. Then on Sunday, there's a doubleheader. Helsinki Wolverines host the Turku Trojans, and that's going to be a rematch in the Maple Bowl. And also the Micolet Bouncers are going to host the West Coast Phoenix. I just want to talk a little bit about the Women's Maple League. There are six teams now. This league is going to be just as interesting as the men's Maple League. From our bandwidth, we can't really cover it in detail like we want to, but I will be doing a couple of post-game analysis and reports on the women this year to kind of keep people involved about it, especially leading up to the World Games that are held here in Finland this summer. Q, any
1: thought? I'm just interested in seeing how this, this Wolverines and Turkey Trojans game would go. Um, nice Maple Bowl rematch. The Wolverines are a strong, strong, strong team. Um, a lot of good a lot of good players. And I like watching them actually play um, along with some of the other teams, too.
0: But definitely that. Let's see what the Wolverines come out with this this year. Let's stick with women's football and let's go across the pond to the United States. The Women's Football Alliance finish running back. I cannot say her name, so I'm just going to call her Kusinen number she used to be number 34 for the Helsinki Wolverines has like all the records for Russian in the women's Maple League she's playing for the Boston Renegades and she has a game this Saturday where the Boston Renegades are going to be playing at the St. Louis slam the Renegades are undefeated they are averaging 500 rushing yards a game and 55 points Like, this offense is killing it over there in the Women's Football Alliance. And Kusinen is just as big of a part of that offense as she was as the one with the Wolverines here because she already has five touchdowns on the season in three games. So, big shout-out to Kusinen holding it down as a finished import in the United States, playing for the Women's Football Alliance, and they'll have a game this weekend. Uh, We definitely can't forget about
1: Nana. Nana is, is is balling too in the states. I was just going to throw that shout out to them also playing in DC. Um, Nana playing for the DC Divas, doing her yeah. thing. She had a pick in the first game, so uh, it's good to see a lot of the Finnish girls that we know and watch grow up and playing football, and they get to play in the, in the. I mean, not NFL, but in in the uh, it's basically the NFL to me. I mean, in a way, in a certain kind of way, seeing people grow up and seeing them their dream manifest on uh, the way that I've seen Nana's like she's been. She's been balling for a long time with men. She's been playing with men pretty much her whole childhood. So to see her go out and represent Finland uh, in the USA and just balling all over the globe is, is dope, though. So shout out to you now.
0: It's really cool. Just in general, there's a lot of – on the women's side of the sport, and now I'm, I'm over-talking, but oh well. On the women's side of the sport, a lot of the European players are being recruited to play in the United States – And it's an opportunity for them. And most of them are doing well. They're thriving. It's not like they're going over there and then getting sent back. A lot of them are going over there and they're starting. They're helping teams win championships and stuff like that. Just to let you know how advanced and how well the sport is doing on the women's side over here in Europe. For people that only follow the men's side, you'd be surprised to know that some of the best players in the world reside over here. Another shout out to what's going to be happening with the the Women's Cup this summer where you will get to see, you know, the best, best in the world. There'll be an American team, a Canadian team and a, a Mexico team coming on over. And you'll see how these European teams match up with them, which they, they do well. It's a, a much more competitive league than what people understand. Back to men's. This weekend, the Scandinavian Cup continues. On Saturday, it's a triple header. The Karlstad Crusaders are going to host the Idesville 1814s, and the Crusaders from Sweden, Idesville is from Norway. Also, the Alberg 89ers team from Denmark is going to be hosting the Christianside Gladiators team from Norway. The Stockholm Mean Machines team from Sweden will be hosting the Oslo Vikings team from Norway. Now, of those three games, I'll actually be at the Stockholm Mean Machines versus Oslo Vikings, since that is two of the top teams in Europe playing for the Scandinavian Cup, so that should be a very interesting game with, you know, international implications if there are any rankings coming on this year. What do you think about the Scandinavian Cup, Q?
1: I like it, man. I like that they're going at it all in the same weekend. Um, yeah. Carl Crusaders, Crusaders, is one of my top my second favorite team um, in Europe. Uh, it's nice to see them play too. So it should be a good weekend of football, man. If you're a football fan and you
0: you're, you watch European football, this is a great weekend to watch and you know, check out a lot of these teams. But this Scandinavian Cup, I don't know how it needs to be done, but Finland's got to throw a team in there next year, man. Because yeah. pretty much the Norway teams are okay. They're, they're not great, but they match up well against each other. I think if the gold diggers from Denmark had played, it would have been a little bit more even going across, but it's mostly just Sweden taking on everybody (laughs) because they're playing pretty much taking on all the Norwegian teams. But you throw a Finland team in there, and I I don't think it has to be, you know, the Steelers or the Roosters. I think, you know, we could have a D1 team playing that Scandinavian Cup and compete. I really do if they do the import rules right, I think we could have a team competing there. I know the scheduling doesn't help for playing in the Maple League, so I think a D1 team, it will be fine. That's it for other news. Youth teams, U20, U17, U15, U13, everybody's playing now. Everybody's pretty much kicked off. Um, good luck to all the kids playing in those games. Hope everybody is you know learning and playing safely out there i won't go into detail on those because there's way too many games for me to talk about but we do wish everybody good luck this weekend if you're listening to my voice you're now part of the aff community but don't be shy about supporting us head over to our website and order some aff swag get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long And if you really want the drip scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps Everything you need to represent the AFL community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. So let's take a look at the away team, the Kuopio Steelers. Who are some players to watch, Q, for this Steelers team? Whew. It's a lot.
1: Uh, <laughs> we got – I want to start off because I'm going to – You can name a couple. <laughs> if you need a to. team the Dream. mm uh, starting the slash rusher for the Corpio Steelers, he's been on that team what now three seasons?
2: Three seasons, I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah, three seasons,
1: yeah. I believe. Uh, veteran, obviously, on the defense. Didn't he call what y'all he foolish did, on Instagram? He called he us call clowns. Oh, clowns. He sorry, clowns. he <laughs> called us.
2: He didn't he call us call me me clowns. Me a purpose, clowns. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he didn't call y'all clowns. He called us clowns because we didn't pick them to be the winners. I'm sorry I came to dream, but I don't live my, my life uh, following the normal trend, sir. Okay, mm, So mm. I want to apologize to you for that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm gonna look out for him from everything that I've seen in the, in the past. He can make plays. And he's a very, very, very vocal guy. I think that's why I like him the most because he talks a lot of trash. A lot, a lot, and I, I like that, Um, but you have to back it up, too. He's in that confidence level of, like, we won a few championships, and we about to beat everybody again, and the only thing that, that changes that is that you have to play, and uh so he's definitely going to be active. He's going to be in the mix of most plays. He'll have a big season. I honestly will think he'll have a big season. I don't think it's a lot of offensive lines that can deal with their front seven that much. But he's definitely one of the guys, and he'll probably be up there in sack. Um, he's going to cause a lot of havoc for other teams. So um, I, I want to start off with Akeem Dream. That's the only person I'm going to talk about all season on Corpio's defense. So I'll be ready for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, he done picked his, guys. He done picked his guy. Good or bad, Akeem, good or bad, you on, you on the spotlight all season. What about you, Chris? Who's somebody you're looking to, you know, see in this game?
2: I'm going to go big man, Joey B, the quarterback, Joey Bradley for the Corpio Steelers had a real good season last year. He's now had a whole season in that offense. He looked much more settled towards the end of the season. He runs that play action on RPO well. He's a great compliment to the run, the awesome run game that Steelers have got. He has so much time because their offensive line are so good. And he just makes the right reads. He's a very safe quarterback. He takes what defense give him. And he makes those intricate intermediate throws that you need, those chunk plays, and he's smart with it. And we also saw a little bit of his legs as well in some games when he was reading that backside end. And he can run a bit. The boy can run a bit.
0: Y'all got to stop sleeping on Joey B. Look, I'm going to jump in here. I got to because I've seen the guy play other places. And I think that's something that gets lost in translation. Yeah, he runs the the scheme. The the Steelers have a really legit offensive scheme, and he can play to it. But don't get it twisted, guys. (laughs) If shit ever went sideways, in Joey B, you could trust. I promise you. He can run. He can throw. He can make plays. He can extend plays. He's a very cerebral quarterback. He knows what to do. For their team, he doesn't have to do as much. So he doesn't look nearly nope. as flashy as what some other guys would have to do. But like you said, the few times that he had to run or that he needed to, you know, use his feet, he did it very well. It was natural. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, why is this guy running? And that's because he could do it more often. They just don't need him to.
2: If he gets in the end zone again with a run, I want to see some more creative dancing from him. Oh, that's that, kind that of like made up macarena. oh.
0: That's going to Sounds sound good. horrible on the podcast, but if y'all could see what I was doing, <laughs> it looked okay. Gosh. <laughs> on the podcast, it's going to be like making noises. It was oh, like the yeah. Joey B
2: version of the Macarena.
0: How about this? Hey, Joey B, if you get in the end zone again, hit him with the gritty. But just be real. Lee Anthony reason over is what everybody's going to see on yep. Saturday. You're going to see number 25. He's going to have the ball. He's either going to be in the end zone or he's going to be on the end zone. Okay, I said <laughs> – that's where you're going to see him. I just didn't want to talk about him because I always think yeah. him. I'll let you talk about him. I'm not going to talk about him either. <laughs> Sorry, Lee Anthony. I mean, your greatness is there, but we're trying to do a little bit more than everybody else.
2: It speaks for itself as it's greatness anyway.
0: You're going to see a lot online about him this week, and you're going to see people talk about the offensive line. You're going to see people talk about Joey B. You might see people talking about the imports on defense. But I'm going to go out to a guy that – I don't know if anybody's going to be talking about him, but I'm going to throw his name out there, and that's Ronnie Lyonet. Mm-hmm. DB, number 23. Okay? Now, Ooh. you guys, if you're not finished, you probably might not know who he is. I don't know if he made our all-star list last year. I don't really care. This defensive back is everything you want. He has a skill set to play cornerback. He has the cerebral football IQ that he can play safety, and he's tough enough that he can get in there and mix it up inside the box if you need him to. You don't really need him to, but what this guy does is he's everywhere. He's a ball hawk. He makes plays. Not a big interception, you know, take it back type guy, but he makes plays that aren't necessarily seen in the stats. And if you watch the Steelers' defense, you'll know that he is a glue a fixture in it, whether he's starting or as he comes in as a backup. He also plays the nickel sometimes. I've seen him play corner, nickel, and safety on this defense over the last couple of years, and he excels no matter where you put him. He's been a starter, he's been a backup. Either one. When he's on the field, he rides to the occasion. This is a guy you need to look out for. In this game, again, I don't know their scheme. I don't know what they have place. I don't want to make it sound like I know everything, but if This game goes how it should go on paper. He's going to be a guy that you see making plays, flashing in there, disrupting passes, making sure receivers aren't open to get the ball, and then he's out. It's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be interceptions. It's not going to be a whole bunch of PBUs, not a whole bunch of tackles for losses. But if you take him out of that defense, it's going to be a hole because he is a – I want to say he's active, if that makes sense. He's an active player, Mm -hmm. and he's a great one. He's one yep. of the guys that I'm constantly watching every year because I feel like he makes that defense click in the back end. So it'll be interesting to see, especially with the new linebacking core that they have this year. It's a little bit different look. I think they'll do more of a – so, yeah, I just want to throw a shout-out to Ronnie Lyon, number 23. Look out for that guy. In this game, he could be a difference maker, especially on the slot receivers for the Helsinki Roosters. I think he could shut all of them down. No cap on the receivers, so. though. Let's talk about the Steelers' team strengths. What are one of their team strengths for you, Coach Q?
1: Just the uh, chemistry. The chemistry they have um, as a team unit. Um, the guys, you can see, are excited when other players in the team make plays. That's something that you can't coach. That's That just has to be part of your team's culture. And the Corpio has that. They're excited every time somebody gets an interception, somebody scores, somebody gets a sack, pancake. They're just an exciting bunch of guys that love to play together, and that'll take the team a long way. Even if you're not the most skilled team, which they don't have a problem with that, for them, they're skilled and they're together. And I think that helps you win a lot more games than, than talent and coaching. It's just the fact that guys can play together. Some guys know where other guys are going to be comfortable with schemes. You know, if, if a play is not called right, they're they're comfortable checking the right, to the right plays. It's just the chemistry, the team chemistry. It's spectacular for Corbio Steelers, and I think that's what keeps them in a lot of games. That's what keeps them grounded. But if I had to specifically point out a thing that we all could see, I think it's just their roster. They have the right players in the right positions where people just have to do their jobs. Some of the guys are, you know, the reason-overs and stuff like that. They're going to do what they do. But as far as the the big-name guys, you know, Yanni, just the fact of him still being on a team, around the team, that does a lot for them just having that guy around, um, Tino Ndongo being back after coming from the ELF. He's a young, younger guy, big play guy, can play defense, offense, but having those guys just around is just – it makes other guys step up. It makes the the whole team just in a different mood. And I think Corpio has a lot of strengths, but definitely
0: um, those are a few. What about you, Chris? What do you think is one of their strengths?
2: I'm going to say the Steelers' run game as a whole – so, yes, we know the Anthony Reasoner is going to get 20, 25 touch, touches a game. But the one-two punch with Tukoletinen as well, who complements yes. his run, run game as well. Let's not forget about that guy because he is a beast. I think he, he may have even been averaging more yards per carry than the Anthony last season. Don't quote me on that. But every time I swear he came in the game, he was getting like eight, nine yards a carry. His run style, he's quite a tall running back, and he runs quite high, but it works for him. He just runs guys over, and he complements Lee Anthony so well. And obviously, we talked about the strength of their offensive line, how they just open up massive lanes for these two running backs who just yards after contact is just insane with both these guys, especially Reason Nober, get these guys in space as well. They've both got good breakaway speed, and they control the clock. They know how to control the clock with this run game. And his run game, as I said, it complements their pass game. It's definitely their biggest keys to success. It's just their ground game because it opens everything else up for them. Yes, it's awesome. And they'll get loads of yards through the run game. But as a knock-on effect, because the run game's so good, it opens up those passing lanes and those play actions and those RPOs for Joey B to just slice that defense like a surgeon. I'm
0: going to go with their defensive backs. That's a strength. Things have changed in the Maple League. We argue about it on this show about dynasty, uh, about artist Steelers, you <laughs> know, a dynasty. Q believes not. I think that he's crazy for that. But looking at the DBs that the Kuopio Steelers have, and look, I'm I'm just going to name the roster, guys. I'm just going to name these guys. I just want you to think about, like, who I'm naming. Defensive back, Ronnie Line, Iro Pekarin, Tino Ndongo, Ero Vaya, Marcus, oh, I can't say last name. Peter Lundstrom joins the team. And then you have a couple of guys who we probably don't don't know well or haven't seen before, but firsthand knowledge could tell you that some of these younger guys are also very good. You have uh Noah Cho, Costi Hodi, Oni Karki, and Riku Hauka. They have like 10 DBs. Easily six of these DBs could start anywhere in the Maple League. What that gives them is flexibility and the opportunity to move people around, play matchups, and then also be able to do different things on the back end of the defense, which if your defense can be flexible and adapt and adjust at will, you're going to be winning because everybody's going to score some amount of points, but if you can slow that down, which they should be able to do, they're going to have at least three guys that should be all-stars this year. And that's just doing laws of numbers because, again, I think all four of their starters probably could be all-stars this year. And then their backups are probably going to be just as good, but don't get as many reps to prove all-star status. But these defensive backs in this game, especially, they're going to be overmatched against the Roosters. They're going to be better than the Roosters receivers. They're going to be nothing but a strength in this game because this team probably could just go man on the receivers from the Roosters and be fine. Man in the back end and then blitz if they want to. I mean, that's not a very smart way to go about it, but they could because that's how good these DBs are but most likely they're going to do some type of scheme that allows them to mix it up. But these DBs are that good, and they have a lot of them to go around, just depth at the defensive back position. Weaknesses. This team, in this game, it's the first game, so a lot of the stuff we're saying is very general knowledge type stuff, but in this game, what kind of weaknesses do the Steelers possess going to Helsinki to play the Roosters? The one thing that, I mean,
1: you pointed out for us already is the fact that they have to just travel. We don't know any weaknesses they have right now, being that we haven't seen them play yet this season. Um, So just like you said, going in a general direction is just the fact that they live in Corpio. That's like their biggest weakness is they have to travel a long way most games. And um, that's it. (laughs) Having all your players there at every game, um, I think that's the biggest challenge to make sure, you know, some guys don't travel because of maybe they have to work or other things. But it's not easy for your body to have to travel four or five hours everywhere you go. You Sometimes you just want to make quick trips and, and get it going and stretching. But after traveling for all those hours, you have to make sure you guys are lose hope that they are doing the things they need to do to prep themselves before the game. So that's the biggest, <laughs> I mean, the
0: only weakness that we pointed out. Chris, could you think of anything else? I'm
2: going to say something a little bit out of the box, and that's don't get bored of running the ball. I think a weakness could be as if they get bored running the ball and they try to go too extravagant with their playbook and try and open up their playbook. They just need to stick to what they do well, which is run the ball, run the play action and RPO off the run game. They don't need to get too cute. I think they may have a tendency to try and get too cute, and I'm really clutching at straws here, but... If they go away from that run game, that could potentially be a weakness for them. Don't get bored of it. Don't get bored of what you're good at. Stick with it.
0: I just want to jump in here and say, Chris, you're probably the only person that that is talking football and says, don't get too cute. (laughs) 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 All right, Sailors, don't get too cute out there, guys. Don't get too cute.
2: (laughs) Hey, I'm British.
0: It's a British <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside the box as well and say, and this is this is way left field, and this is me just using, you know, I'm just making speculation here. I'm gonna say communication on the defensive side. They've changed parts, some of the same people, but your linebacking core has pretty much changed. Um, your defensive backs, you have guys coming back, could be great, but it also could mean that, you know, terminology, verbiage, you know, understanding space and things like that could be different from you have a new um, a new linebacker from coming from the States. What he knows and how he does things is going to be different than the guy they had last year playing linebacker. Yanni Lindquist is no longer on the on the defensive line. So you're not going to have that guy being able to communicate all the way through. Talking about, you know, you got your imports, you got your finished players, you got guys coming from this scheme guys from that scheme Having somebody like Yanni there kind of alleviates any miscommunications you would have. You're not going to have that now. So now your linebacker is fresh from the States. You have import on the line. And then your back seven are going to be most – I mean, your back five most likely are going to be rotating. So you have different guys in there most likely there's a chance for miscommunication to happen. There's a chance for people not to be on the same page. I know it's a reach, but I had to come up with something. (laughs) So (laughs) that's my reach is that maybe there's some miscommunication on the defense. We're not going to stay long on weaknesses. They don't have a lot of weaknesses before the season can start. Maybe after this game, we can start picking at straws of what could be a weakness. But for right now, this is all we got. What do the Steelers need to do to win this game against the Roosters? Control the clock, control the time of possession for the Roosters. Limit
1: the big plays. I think they have to go out and hit early and fast to get up. Once that happens, Roosters will have to fight back. They have to do some things out of their scheme, their strategy for this game. No coach plan for the game. They're, oh, we're down 14, so we're going to run these plays. You know, nobody does that. So. I think if Scorpio comes out and they score early and they, they get ahead early, I think they'll be in a pretty good position to win the
0: game. What about you, Chris? What do you think they need to do to, to be successful and win this game?
2: Simple. Hand the ball to lay out for your reason over. End the discussion.
0: <laughs> oh, That's it. I don't need to say anything
2: else. That's the key to success. Hand the ball to reason over. Done.
0: If I was to add on anything, I would say simply do you, boo. Do you. If the Steelers come out and play like the Steelers, it's a wrap. Yep. Calling all junior skills players, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, quarterbacks, and safeties. If you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Lati on June 22nd. Top performers will be selected for the AFF Revolution teams in divisions U19, U17, and U15. These teams will have the chance to compete throughout Europe in the fall and play for the European Championship the following spring. If that isn't enough, there'll be USA coaches in attendance scouting for their respective high schools and colleges. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to the website and sign up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballinFinland.com forward slash Nordic-Challenge. We're going to ask the tough questions, guys. What are some questions that one of these teams needs to answer or prove to you during this game? Coach Q, I'll let you go
1: first. What question I would have would be for the Roosters defense. Pick your poison. And that means, uh, are you going to sell out on stopping reason over? Um, because they do run an RPO. And I always felt like if you're playing against a stronger running back, then I think you should sell out on stopping the running back. Your read, the the RPO, the read part of it shouldn't be a read. It Mm -hmm. should automatically be I'm choosing the running back every time. (laughs) So I feel like Joey Bradley, we're going to give you the opportunity to beat us with your feet, and we're going to give you the opportunity to beat us with your arm. I would rather get beat by him than I would reason over um, because I know what Reason Over can do if they're not stopping that dive and that zone. So if they don't stop the zone, it's going to be a long day. So I, I think the Roosters need to make a decision, fairly read this RPO, or are we going to sell out on stopping Reason Over? I feel like if you always go with the stronger runner, you got a better chance of winning. Quarterback hurts you, then okay. Then we we kind of play it fair. We go after the quarterback sometimes. We go to the running back sometimes. But I think with them, you have to start off the game. Everybody crashing Reason Over and letting Joey Bradley make the decision to pull it and throw it because more stuff can happen when you're throwing the ball defensively. So I think the Roosters have to make a decision. now. Are we going to sell out on stopping reason over or are we going to let Joey Bradley win the game? So pick one.
0: Okay. Roosters pick your poison. What about you, Chris? What's the question you want to answer?
2: Can Bryce Stancomb beat this secondary of the Steelers? Purvis, mm. you touched on how good the secondary is with these playmakers and they're all finished, right? They don't have an import back there.
0: Don't need one. I said it. Don't, Don't need, need one. one.
2: Exactly. Don't need one. So can Bryce Stanko find some holes in this defensive backfield? They are a talented bunch of Finnish players. As we said before in previous episodes, they've stolen the blueprint from the Roosters. They've got these Finnish guys. They've got these homegrown talents, and they're good. They are ballers. Can this American QB find the soft spots in his zone on man coverage? Can he beat this defensive backfield? That is yeah. the question that he needs to answer.
0: You're all in on Bryce Stancomb, huh? Bryce going to have to prove something to Chris today, guys.
2: Hey, he's going to have, have to prove, to prove it to me. I didn't see it against the, the unicorns. I didn't see it. I don't think I anybody know saw hard. anything. He had, a lot of guys <laughs> he had a lot of guys in his face, so I know it was hard. So, Bryce, what you got? Show me what you got.
0: Okay, um, you guys keep talking to the Roosters, so I guess I'll I'll talk to the Steelers. You know, I ain't gonna leave y'all out there, Steelers. My question for the Quapco Steelers is very simple: Can you put up a fifty burger? Yeah, Ooh, I said it. First on. game of the Wait season, headed to Wait Helsinki in the Wait Roosters' house. Can you put Wait up a, a fifty burger? I know nobody wants no, to hear that. Shoot, no, I- they can't. I want a 50-burger, no lettuce, cheese, tomato. I'm going to say no yes. I'm going to say
1: yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm offended. Oh, you say no, huh? I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> I know we've seen. I know what we've seen last weekend. We might feel that way, but 50-burger on the boosters? I, 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 I want
0: to know if they can do it because the I way I, think, I see I it, the way it looking, if you get the ball seven times, score seven times, you got 49.
1: Hey, uh, uh, Go, for uh, uh,
0: Go for two ones. Go for two ones. First game of the season.
1: 50-burger? I'm not going to let you disrespect the Roosters like that. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not, not that. disrespecting not the Roosters.
0: That. I'm, I'm not challenging the
1: Steelers. 50-burger? A 50-burger. Let's, <laughs> Let's try to get a
0: 28 first. Let's try to get there first. This is, this is the Maple League. Everybody's going to get 28. Like,
2: <laughs> you got it.
1: 50 burger though. 50, 50 burger. First game? That's think, like saying that's like saying the Roosters don't have a chance. If you're saying I'm not saying, I'm not saying, saying the Roosters burgers. don't
0: have a chance. I'm saying, do the Steelers have that killer instinct? If the Steelers are taking the season as okay, it's another season, we have to win the championship, then you know, maybe they score 30, 40, start putting in subs and, and let the game ride and try not to give mm. away too much. I'm but if run the, the Steelers. If the They're Steelers the are score. saying, we are the team to beat, you come out there and you put your foot on their neck. They won. Yeah. That's what the yeah, killer I mean, we're does. Gonna, we're going to try yeah. to win the score. for
2: on-throat mentality. Yeah. On-throat mentality. If
0: the Steelers come out there and put up 50, they showed to me that they inequivocally are in dynasty mode. But yep. if they don't mm. do that and they mm. try to fill out the game and, then that that shows me that they don't have that confidence that I would want from a dynasty-type team, a team going into greatness instead of trying to win games. Think about it. There's a difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wins games. Tom Brady wins championships. There's a difference. That's what I want to see. Can you put up 50? A 50-burger would show that you're not playing around this season. Y'all aren't just here to win games. Y'all are here to make a statement to everybody in Finland. Because there are people that are in the same mindset of Coach Q that think that, you know, Dynasty, I don't know about that. They just won a couple.
1: Major words there. That's a major word there. Dynasty Dynasty to me is just – that's major. That means like unequivocally you dominated for this amount of years or this amount of seasons. It means you dominated.
0: That's why they would have
1: to – that's exactly why
0: for them to – Unequivocally say this is a dynasty. They have to go into the Rooster's house on the first game of the season, put up 50. And I'm not saying that the Roosters don't score 30-40 against them. I don't, I don't give, don't, don't care not one bit about that part. You go in there, put up 50. You made your case. You you let me know where your mindset is. Anything less yeah, with, with the, the offense they have, yeah. anything less, I don't really, it doesn't show me anything.
1: Yeah.
0: That's that's all. All it is is you got you got a team on paper that should be able to put up fifty against this other team on paper. They should be able to on paper. Now, if you live up to that, then you know you got my heart. If you don't live up to that, then I'm gonna start calling you the Helsinki Wolverines. Hey, Hey.
1: I'm done. I had my coffee today, i I had my coffee today. Oh, I'm done with disrespect today.
0: See. This is why we can't be talking about Steelers too much, because I'll be like this every time. I I feel like this squad is the squad I'm looking for. Cheers to the freaking weekend. It's finally time for the 2022 Maple League season. The Helsinki Roosters will host the Corpio Steelers this Saturday, May 14th, at the Helsinki Velodrome at 4.30 p.m. finish time. The game will also be streamed live on RUTU Plus, where you can watch all the games this season for nine ninety five $9.95 a month subscription. Just a little bit of information for people outside of Finland. RUTU is not geo-locked, so your family and friends can buy the subscription and watch the games in other countries. I don't know if AFI is going to be streaming the game, but if they are streaming the game, you can't watch that feed in the country of Finland. And obviously that can be confusing to people. So if you have a question, you know, send us a message and we'll explain that to you in depth. Our panel of football enthusiasts will pick winners for this week's game on our Instagram account at American Football Finland. Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Look good, play good. It's as simple as that. And Ray Athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms. Made by players for players. Ray Athletics produces high-quality uniforms for teams all over Europe. Rayer also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. Visit rayr.se today to take your team to the next level. Stay sharp. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we go,
2: guys? Q, you got anything you want to say?
0: No, let's, let's get to the season. Chris, what about you? Any last
2: words? Less than a week to go. Steelers, Roosters, opening 2022 season. Let's get it. It's been a long time coming. It's time to see what these boys got.
0: It's going to be a great one, guys. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget
2: TIF.
0: American football in Finland